are somehow like, yeah all right, all right we'll save yeah, save okay. we'll get to it we'll get to it <laughs> <laughs> <Put> it <in. laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll write that one down and uh, get to that later but uh hi and welcome to more than we can chew i'm mike mitchell and uh here with me today is returning guest john cumulata hey hey returning guest <laughs> well you are you've been you've been on twice now this is your third yeah time. this is my third time third time it's always always a pleasure hope, <laughs> hope it's a charm as they say um just let's one start thing. over <laughs> <laughs> um so today's topic is wings because we're going to be talking about politics I'm talking about the show <laughs> wings <laughs> oh my god Welcome i totally to forgot about pos- that show. <laughs> podcast uh what was the name it was it was some airport on nantucket right honestly i've never seen an episode of wings oh okay is danny devito in that or is that taxi, that's taxi. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is wings for taxi yeah. cabs okay yeah i this think that's the other how it was one probably. word sitcom yeah. of that era cheers taxi <clears throat> yeah. wings yeah Frasier. They were all the same show, just <laughs> in a different location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that was probably how Wings was pitched, was yeah. taxi in an airport. Yeah. Because you got, like, a little love thing going on. You got the guy, the guy, the foreigner that comes in and who actually drives yeah. a taxi. Because mm-hmm. um, Andy Kaufman played the mechanic, and then Tony Shalhoub, and he played right. like a he played like a foreign guy that drove a taxi. <laughs> so it's the exact same show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, back to uh, politics of yes. this episode. Um, I feel like I've never been more invested or thought more about an election mm-hmm. in my life than this year. Yeah, me either. Number one, I can't escape it. Like it's just everywhere. Yeah. And, but at the same time, like I find myself thinking about it constantly and being a terrified yeah <laughs> and be just like thinking about like my 18 year old self who was a little bit more like eh fuck it mm-hmm. and <laughs> like like i don't even remember being this worked up over like when barack obama was running like i wasn't excited yeah. or anything um i think or, the stakes are higher is that like fair like i feel like I, the stakes yeah. have never been this high where like the difference between candidates are so far on it's, either it's end of this vast. spectrum that's yeah. like it's a real like tipping point of no it's yeah. it's it's crazy like and i even feel like even if you took the trump factor out it would still be three vastly different candidates yeah. than what stands now because right now it stands at ted cruz uh donald trump bernie sanders and hillary clinton mm-hmm. and I'm not telling you. I'm. I'm I know you know. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm doing it so that like if people listen to this in the past, it's not like yeah. it's not a thing where it's like no, it's Hillary and Trump right now or something like right, that. Right, right, right. Um, so right now we're, we're at the place. Talking about O'Malley. Either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, Lincoln Chafee is out of the race and Rubio's yeah. gone and all those people. Um, so I just wanted to like put that timestamp on right. our on our talk. We're also each holding up a copy of today's New York Times. You can't see it on the podcast, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a we're confirming that we recorded this today, <laughs> right? Um, but like, even if even if you took out Trump out of it, you still have like a very right wing conservative Christian versus mm-hmm. a woman versus a Jewish socialist. Yeah, <laughs> like it's that's in that's an insanely yeah all holding up their sort of own equally important and equally 
tall pillars of what American society is. Right. Like, they each represent a huge swath of people right very like genuinely so yeah it's weird it's like the extreme of every possible Mm -hmm. equation has come out yeah and for the first time i feel like i don't know what's gonna happen yeah when when barack obama was running i was like he's probably gonna win yeah having no political experience having no anything i was like that dude's probably gonna win Mm -hmm. but now i'm like what the fuck is going to happen yeah i agree like it, and even a couple of weeks ago, I was like, you know, this is a really cool journey, but like Hillary's probably going to win. Like at the end of the day, now I even less know because of Bernie Sanders' huge winning win streak right. recently. He won like seven states or something. Yeah, yeah. Now I like now I actually don't know. <laughs> <laughs> even the candidate that like it was a little bit of a you had to like really like think like, well, what would America probably do? Right, yeah, yeah. It's like a loose guess. Uh Even that has gone away. (laughs) Now I just straight up don't know. Yeah. Do you follow um, 538 at all? The website that does like all the tracking and stats and stuff like that? Yeah, that sounds familiar. They, um, so basically what this guy, Nate Silver, did like, uh, I want to say it was for the 2008 election. I don't know if it was for the 2004 election, but he definitely did for the 2008 election. I definitely know who Nate Silver is. Yeah. Is that his like That's his like website. Yeah, yeah. He's the, he's the mastermind behind 538, where they basically take hard numbers and turn it into like predictions. Okay. And generally they're pretty spot on Mm -hmm. and they have this, uh, chart on the politics section, they basically saw this pattern over time of the people that pick up the most endorsements after Iowa mm-hmm. generally become president uh, or generally become the generally the become nominee. The, the nominee yeah. for their party. So in 2008, after or even even going back to like Clinton, like Clinton after Iowa, after he after he won or lost Iowa, I don't even remember. Um, he picked up a ton of endorsements from other politicians Mm. and they rate each politician's endorsement. So if you're a congressman, like a U.S. uh, representative, you get a one point to that candidate. If you're a governor, you give 10 points to that candidate. If you're a senator, you give five points to that candidate. Mm -hmm. And they basically weight these scores and give these uh, endorsement scores to certain candidates. And generally, the people with the most endorsements or the highest number The highest, the highest score, score of endorsements. Metrics, yeah. Uh, yeah, according to those. It's like, yeah, it's basically like Moneyball, but politics. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> um, an algorithm to... Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I the, just wanted to say the word algorithm, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, whoever has the most uh, scores after a certain point after Iowa, they generally get the party's nomination. Okay. And uh, like consistently, it has been Bush and... Gore, uh, Bush and uh, McCain, or no, not McCain, uh, Bush and Kerry, uh, uh, McCain and Obama, uh, Romney and Obama. Mm -hmm. And uh, when this all started, the person that had the most was Rubio. He had (laughs) the most endorsements. And then it was Cruz. And then it was, actually, no, I'm sorry. It was Bush had the most endorsements. Yeah, okay. Jeb Bush had the most endorsements. And Hillary Clinton had the most endorsements. And I mean, I remember Jeb Bush being a presumptive nominee. At, yeah, at, like everyone yeah. thought, like, oh, it's going to be Clinton versus Bush. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what everyone thought, because that's how things work. The, we, <laughs> we go with familiar things yeah. <laughs> rather than, that's why there's a Starbucks on every corner. Right. Not because it's good coffee, but because you know it's Starbucks. Because <laughs> you feel comfortable. Yeah, exactly. With those kind bars. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was Bush, and, um, and then Rubio was behind him, and then Cruz was behind him. So it was like... 
Trump, not even no endorsements, none at all. Yeah. And then Bush dropped out. And then all of his endorsement, his endorsements, not everyone moved on to another candidate, but it was like, you know, some people jump ship. Some people went to Rubio. Some people went to Cruz. Nobody went to fucking Trump <laughs> yeah. until, until, uh, Chris Christie lost his fucking mind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but now like now that Rubio's out of the race, the two highest people that had like, f- like more than double, like what Cruz and now Trump have mm-hmm. are both out of the race. Yeah. So it's like, what the fuck is going so on? Like, yeah, yeah, like none of the, yeah. at least on the Republican side. And it, and it even looks so like on the Democrat side, like you just said, like Bernie's won so many states, even without these endorsements. I think like I'm pulling numbers here out of my ass, but let's just say like Clinton had 230 and that's her endorsement score. And then Sanders has like 30. Like, not, right, right. not in a million years would anyone think he's a contender. But here he is. Honestly, the craziest thing that's happened this year is what happened to Je- uh, Jeb Bush. Yeah. Jeb Bush is a very, very serious candidate. Yes. <laughs> like, very qualified and, like, yeah, had the full support of, like, the establishment uh-huh. GOP. Yeah. And got completely booted out. Just, and like, like railroaded. Yeah. Like, just did not, didn't even see it coming. Yeah. Like, do, um, do you do you think like he could have been like? Is he more qualified than his brother was? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. How long has he been governor of Florida? I have no idea. I feel like he's been governor for a long time. Long time. Yeah, but I even remember like when. For, uh, sorry, correct me if I'm wrong. W mm-hmm. was governor of Texas, correct? Yeah. But he was very, he was it for like a very short amount of time. I honestly don't know. Okay. I don't want to just say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, this is like... But I even remember, like, when George Bush... When George W. Bush was the nominee, there was, like, some discussion of, like, well, it probably should be his brother, and we'll, oh, really? we'll probably be his brother in the near future. Oh, um, okay. That type of thing. He was kind of, like, the presumptive, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...guy who was going to fulfill his father's destiny type thing. Oh, Until W. entered the race and won. So... That's, that was my, like, reading of that situation, yeah. anyway. Okay. I mean, I, on the Republican side, everyone has had their turn of being like, it's going to be, or it should be Rubio, it's right. going to be, or it should be Carson. But that entire time, Trump was there as this, like, <laughs> right. low-hanging cloud, just like, yeah. kind of soaking up all the energy and booting out these other candidates. Right. He's, like, at Woodstock, you had Ravi Shankar playing, you had The Who playing, you had... <laughs> this guy playing but at the end of it you know Jimi hendrix is gonna come along yeah. and just like yeah. play two sets and <laughs> burn his guitar yeah. and play the american anthem that people are gonna protest like <laughs> like at the end of it like they were everyone was like oh oh wait no we should stick around for this yeah. like yeah. it's yeah, gonna be fucking crazy clap for santana but <laughs> fucking yeah. wait do you see this fucking shit strap in <laughs> yeah Save your good acid for that. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't take it yet. <laughs> save it, save it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, if you don't mind me asking, mm-hmm. who do you want to win in the general? Like, just overall, like, who would you like to see as our next that, president? That is a tough question i think are you voting in the primary that's coming up yeah i'll be voting in the primary because this is actually the first time in a while that new york has kind of been even 
a factor in the race. Right, yeah. Um, just because it's so close and because a couple more Bernie wins could, like, majorly really <laughs> tip the it. scales. Yeah. Um, Is, don't you think it's a little weird that every candidate that's in the race right now, or the, the major candidates, are all from New York? Yeah. Isn't, isn't that no, a little weird. strange? Like, that, I don't think that's ever happened before. You got two. Uh, I don't think so either. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're all like. Where was Hillary? Well, Hillary Clinton Hillary's, was born. Yeah, in she's like from the South, but Arkansas? I don't know if she's from Bill's Arkansas. From That's Arkansas. Bill. Okay. Um, yeah, she might she's be a senator from, like, from New York. Yeah, she's a senator from New York. Uh, Bernie mm, was the born king of in, New York. <laughs> Self-appointed king of New York. <laughs> I mean, his, to be fair, he's got a lot of buildings with his name on it. Here. He's got like a zip code, I think. <laughs> That's true. That might not even be a joke. I think he actually owns a zip code on yeah. the west side of Manhattan. Yeah. Uh, and then you got Bernie, and then, who's uh, born in Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, so who I want to be president, um, it's tricky because I'm, like, in a perfect world, I would like uh, Bernie to win. Right. Um, but I'm not one of those guys who, like, if Hillary gets the nomination or if Hillary wins, that I'm going to be, like, even a little bit upset. Right. Like, I, I have friends and colleagues who like are democrats by every measure and if hillary clinton like wins or gets the nomination they're going to be like so mad and really and possibly even like vote for jill stein in the green party just as a final fuck you to hillary clinton like that's how much they hate hillary clinton despite uh being democrats that's i i mean i find that weird because if it does come down to trump and clinton yeah and you were you're a democrat and you don't vote for like you don't vote for yeah. clinton on that basis like i don't even feel like you should be considered a person at that point <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean you know i honestly like everyone should vote who yeah. they, for who they truly support obviously but particularly this jill stein thing it's like you know if it comes down to hillary trump i'm gonna be really scared <laughs> because i honestly feel like a lot of democrats or a lot of uh, liberals who are Bernie supporters uh, won't vote for Hillary. Really? Um, yeah, uh, I know are, a bunch are of them. There and really like people that stubborn? It's not even stubbornness. It's that Hillary represents the thing that, at the end of the day, is why they like Bernie. Right. So they are anti-establishment. Hillary is the establishment, mm-hmm. even more than Trump. So I understand it, but I'm very afraid of it because you know a vote a vote for jill stein as great as she is is a de facto vote for donald trump yeah that scares me um so essentially like i am gonna vote for bernie in the primary most likely but if hillary gets the nomination i'm gonna vote for her and i'm gonna beg as many people as i can to vote for her because like fuck yeah seriously like the stakes are really high and the, the conversation of we need to end the establishment we need to completely undo the broken parts of our political system we need to get money out of politics all of those discussions are worthy and should continue yes but it's not like they they end yeah, if, if this Clinton, is not the end all right, be all of exactly. that conversation in fact it's probably just the beginning yeah and hillary being in office does not no not at stamp all. out that conversation and in fact will probably help move things forward because of how i mean one because of how far left she's been pulled by bernie but also right. like she's a democrat she's not she yeah. doesn't want to make abortion illegal like <laughs> right. we, can, yeah. we can move a little forward in yeah. society like if, at the end of the day yeah. like a force for good if anything else like it's uh i don't know if you've ever heard um mark maron's interview with the president i listened to it however i don't remember it terribly okay well. i've 
I would actually recommend listening to it again. I've listened mm-hmm. to it like three times at this point, uh-huh. um, just because I think it's fascinating. But one of my favorite things he says, the president, is um, when you become president, you're the commander of this giant like freighter ship called right. America. And everyone's begging you to turn it 50 degrees so that we can just go in a different place and we can fix and we can change and we can go somewhere else. But it's such a big machine that what you have to actually do is turn it two degrees if you can so that 10 years right. later, yeah, yeah, you're in a completely yeah. different place. Yeah. So if Obama moved it two degrees and Trump gets elected, we can go back to zero or we can I mean, suck it up, yeah, yeah. <laughs> vote in Hillary and have it turn even um, one more degree and right. then we'll be in an even better place yeah. in uh, 20 years from now. And, so and, that's kind of my thing. And if, I mean, if Trump gets it, he's fucking turning it 98 degrees the yeah, other way. Yeah. Like he doesn't, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, like exactly. he, he will burn the ship to the ground to, yeah. like he will scuttle a freighter ship to the bottom of the ocean to Absolutely. get his way. Yeah. He's already broken the politi- the election system. There's no way he doesn't break America. <laughs> 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 Like, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> he's just in the middle of the Mississippi River just driving a stake yeah. between the two. <laughs> so recently, mm-hmm. I started watching The West Wing for the very first time. And best. Uh, you've, you've watched it before. You've watched it many times I've before. I've watched it a couple times. I've watched it. I've watched the entire series through once, and I've watched the Sorkin seasons, which are seasons one through four, once again on my own, and then once again with a couple other people. So, like, once with one person, and then once with then another once person? Again, so, three times in total, <laughs> I've seen the first four seasons. Okay, okay. If that is an easy um, I'm only, like, three quarters of the way through the first season. Okay. So, have not seen that much of it. Mm-hmm. yet because i know there's like 150 episodes or whatever and i'm only on like 16 yeah it's like seven seasons or yeah, yeah yeah um so wait what happened after sorkin left uh what uh in terms of like, they, like who started running it and... they just continued i think it was um they had worked with a couple writers sorkin what i've heard was it is like, like doctor who where they <laughs> <laughs> yeah and bartlett was a different actor <laughs> <laughs> Every couple seasons they'd replace him. I mean, that would be a that would be a really good way to run a show. If yeah. you just every time the president changes, you just now how hire a new staff and yeah. stuff like that. That'd be actually pretty interesting, yeah. If it was still somehow one universe and Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it would totally oh, like, yeah, like change of administration. Yeah. And it would be a totally like, different flavor and totally different. Exactly. Because like, it's yeah. not like get new directors, new yeah, set designers. That would I mean, that would be a great idea to like just do it like Doctor Who, yeah. where like every four or eight years, you have like a different yeah, because like that's what they do with Doctor Who anyway. It's like like Matt yeah. Smith was four years. Uh, mm-hmm. They have like terms. Yeah, Christopher Ecclestone was only one year, and then uh, what's his face? Uh, oh shit, I forgot his name. The popular one. Yep. David Tennant. <laughs> David Tennant. David Tennant. Uh, he was. Right. They did him for five seasons. Yeah. And now Peter Capaldi has been on for three seasons. So mm-hmm. they could so totally do that. Essentially, we've come up with a really good idea for like sixteen seasons of a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I. Well, here's what you could do for, for the first four. It's you know same guy, mm-hmm. all the same guy. The next one, change in administration. 
the you know the the Democrats take over the Republicans, whichever way you want to go. But, you know, let's say you start off with like a Democratic president, then mm. you go for a Republican president, but he gets assassinated the first year. So now you have a his vice president taking over. Oh, uh, so like an escalated. Yeah. So like okay. you could totally do that easily. Yeah. I, all right. I, I think we have to save this podcast. This is easily. not going out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as you, easily. Well, you'd have to write all the things in between. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you just write. You just write the first you just four write those years. Big tent poles. Yeah, and, and then yeah. you you put it on in the air. That's how that's how TV works, right? Yeah. Um, so you've been watching. I've been Wing. watching The West Wing. And I am amazed at how well it holds up. Yeah. Because it is almost 20 years old at this point. Mm -hmm. And it's only been 16 episodes. And already in 16 episodes, there's a conflict with the Middle East. Yep. A bill on gun control. Mm -hmm. uh, gay rights get, yeah. gay rights get uh, tackled. And uh, Rob Lowe still looks gorgeous. Like, yep. those are all things... Most importantly. <laughs> those are all things that are happening. Yeah. Still happening today. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it holds up incredibly well. There's a, a scene... I don't know if you've gotten to it yet. It's not a spoiler or anything. But there's a scene of Rob Lowe in the Oval Office talking about this... I think it's a bill that either did get passed or didn't get passed. Something that's, like, the subject of the episode. And he says to the president, like... During the Cold War, it was, you know, nuclear safety. During this era, it was blah, blah, blah. During this era, and he goes, privacy. the next thing is going to be privacy. Yeah. And this is pre-Snowden. This is pre-like, yeah. even like the internet was like barely kind of a thing. I totally forgot about that yeah. until just now. And I'm like, fuck. When, yeah. I, heard, when I heard that, I like my jaw dropped. I was like, yeah. it's like chilling. Like, yeah. Shit. I don't know if we should uh, pay Aaron Sorkin to just start writing things and just see what comes true. See what happens. Like, he's, he seems like the Nostradamus of, <laughs> of our age. Yeah. Like, he's just writing it into... Like, how, how Nostradamus just wrote poems. Like, that was his... He right. wrote poems He didn't write future. predictions. He, yeah, he wrote poems. He crafted art. And then, <laughs> but, yeah. but now Aaron Sorkin just writes screenplays. He just writes <laughs> screenplays about, yeah. uh, you know, the presidential staff. Yeah. But they're the future. Right. <laughs> like, it's insane. I think what it says more than anything is just how little has changed in, uh, yeah. it, in 20 it, years and how yeah. slow the political climate moves. It seems like everything that's happening in those episodes could have happened yesterday, with the exception of the fact that no one has a smartphone. Yeah. If you yeah. if if you took every other thing that's happening and the fact that there is no like like everyone's watching like a tube TV or yeah. <laughs> stuff yeah. like that. Like it, the techno other than the technology, nothing has changed. Right. And being that it is almost 20 years old at this point mm -hmm. is kind of scary. Yeah. The gun control thing in particular because, like, yeah. what they talk about on the West Wing, and they do it several times. There are several, like, big gun control episodes. And it always happens because in the morning there's a mass shooting. <laughs> and then the entire day it's just... of the episode, but of their, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, in, in the world of the show, the entire day is spent debating the ethics of gun control yeah. in the ex with the exact same two sides that we always debated when it happens in real life mm -hmm. today. Yeah. And nothing's changed. Nothing is fucking changed. <laughs> and it's the same things being proposed. It's like the same, you know, well, we need these common sense checks and we need, yeah. you know. And it's exactly the same. Yeah. No, it's, I, talking about like all this estab establishment politics, like the, the president is very much part of the establishment. Like he's a dyed in the wool. Yeah. Like, uh, like moderate Democrat. Like mm. he, he will very not. Very moderate. Yeah. Very, very moderate. Almost conservative to a point. Like, he, he almost seems like a conservative Democrat yeah. in a way. I mean, yeah, he uh, grew up 
he wanted to be a pastor. Um, yeah. He grew up in the South. He, mm-hmm. yeah, he was, dem- he was the governor of New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Which now which that I think Which is not the South. It, <laughs> which is not the South. But now that I think about it, it's kind of weird. New Hampshire, yeah. New Hampshire, Vermont, yeah. kind of weird. I, I, of course, they're two very different yeah. uh, candidates. I mean, Bernie is far more there's a left scene, than Bartlett. There's a scene in the West Wing where they have to go to this, like, crotchety old senator. This guy who's just, like, a total, like, old, old school, like, outsider, liberal Democrat. Mm-hmm who is known to be, like, cantankerous and <laughs> not cooperative with any of this stuff. And, like, you, I, like knowing in my head that Sorkin actually worked with, like, advisors and, uh-huh. like, people in Washington to, like, get facts right, I'm right. like, that's, that's definitely Bernie. <laughs> he's definitely a guy playing Bernie Sanders. He's got, he's got white hair and glasses. Yeah. And <laughs> always talking about yeah. the 1%. The billionaire class. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what's going on here, Sam. Yeah. The billionaires are running everything. (laughs) Everything. (laughs) I also want Bernie. Mm -hmm. However, at the same time, I feel like as much as he's promising, it will not happen. Like, he's promising for a 50-degree turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... It's only going to happen three. Like, it's yeah. only going to turn a little bit. Yeah, which is and what always happens. It, exactly. And, and I wouldn't fault him for that. A- at the same time, if I think the best thing he can do is just start a socialist movement in the country, which he kind of already has. Mm-hmm. So even if he doesn't get elected, he's just bringing socialism to the front of our country, which has been a sorely lacking portion of our yeah. population compared to the rest of the world which mm-hmm. is almost entirely socialist except yeah. for us and right. you know South at least African when it comes dictators. to yeah at least when it comes to uh, education and yeah things like that and yeah. healthcare, yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that stuff so even if he doesn't win like I, I there is a part of me that feels like i don't want him to win because i know what's going to happen and unless he has the support of congress and the Supreme Court on his side who won't, you know, fucking get rid of all of his, you know, uh, programs or whatever he's going to do to get the things he promises. Mm-hmm. If he can't get a bill through Congress, it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. Uh, if he, if the Supreme Court is all just like, no, that goes against the Constitution for everything he comes up with, yeah. it doesn't matter anyway. And everything he's come up with so far, how he's paying for it is taxing billionaires. Right. So, like, how are you going to get the let's tax billionaires bill through a Congress of billionaires? billionaires. (laughs) Right. So in that regard, like, I do want Clinton because I don't think Bernie has enough support with him in Congress to move all of that stuff through. Whereas if Hillary did something like that, I don't think she ever would. Mm -hmm. But I feel like she would have more of a support getting that stuff through because it just... It just shows through her endorsements. Like every, almost every Democratic Party member has endorsed Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. in the Congress, in the Senate, governors. Like they're just all for Hillary. And Bernie has a fraction of what she has. Mm-hmm. And they're, his endorsements so far are only representatives. So if he has five u.s representatives from one and not not even from the same states like from different states 
whereas Hillary has all of this, like, this groundswell of Democratic support, she yeah. has a much better chance of getting policy through than Bernie yeah. does. And I just honestly think, like, and, you know, let's be clear, Hillary has a lot of endorsements because of presumably yeah. political favors. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The, But, you know, this is the game of politics, and Hillary Clinton just is really good at playing the game of politics, which I understand is what a lot of people don't want. And right. I, I totally get that. And I, and I think every vote for Bernie is basically a vote for let's end this clusterfuck of favors and money that is our political right. system. Yeah, no, it's it's something that um, like seriously has to be done away with. And I think yeah. that's why Bernie and Trump are now have s- so much support because they're Absolutely, the two outsider yeah. they're candidates. They're the two extremes of that right. outcome. But yeah, at the end of the day, like at this point, because we still have the broken system uh-huh. and no president is going to be able to sit in the you know sit in the Oval Office and just go all right well let's remove the bad stuff from politics yeah now. yeah yeah it's, it has to be chipped like, away like, at yeah you're well, not a surgeon cutting out a tumor yeah like, exactly exactly like this is metastasized there's no big so red much. button that says <laughs> money out of politics <laughs> yes and just exactly. no one's pushed it yeah so yeah like at the end of the day at this point if we do want to chip away and tear down into this broken system that we have having someone in office at this point who can play that game is more valuable than having the protest candidate right, exactly. take the presidency. There was this, uh, this article I read the other day. I really hope it's true, but at the same time, I can't, there's no way to fact check it because no major papers picked it up. Okay. It was like two places that have a very large left-leaning. They Readership. they skew left. Okay. <laughs> so there, it's was hard. one of them called the Onion. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was not the Onion. It was like Exo Jane or something like that. Oh yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, and then it's like a feminist blog, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. yeah, and uh, and then the other one is it's like U.S. Uncut or something like that. Have you ever heard of that one? No, is that a blog for uncircumcised men? <laughs> it's the largest uh, Jewish uh, oh, blog in the country. Jewish singles. <laughs> um, it's bringing out a J date, and right, right. Um, it's real subculture. <laughs> um, but Exo Jane ran this this article from a. It was either Trump's. Um, deputy director of communications or his director of communications quit Mm -hmm. and ran an editorial about how Trump's candidacy was a protest candidacy. Yeah. Like she was brought into an, to an office in a Trump tower somewhere in the, in the city Mm -hmm. was told basically like, we just want to get to double digits. We just want to show the establishment that it's like, that like we can do this yeah. like it's not yeah, a yeah, thing yeah. that you need to be a political insider with all of these you know friends and favors and whatnots like like we want to show that there's a place in politics for not just politicians yeah and it worked yeah. <laughs> it worked really fucking well yeah so much so that it was like she was basically like he doesn't want to be president he just wanted to have a leg in the race. Yeah. And then when he became the race. He's in too deep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like <laughs> way in way too deep. And I, he doesn't care about I it. I 100% get that sense. And I actually loved it at first. Yeah. Um, I remember him crawling his way up to the top and just like really enjoying it. Because like, I mean, as much as I don't and didn't support anything he said, it was still just like 
this is so cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. This dude is just like... He says whatever he wants. Yeah, he like, just like says whatever he... he wants. He writes no speeches. He, you can tell no one's telling him like talking points or like, yeah, anything. Yeah. He just goes out there and just is bravado. <laughs> and like... He knows five words. Yeah. And that's all he needs to know. <laughs> and he's like winning. And I loved watching that happen. And then it just became... Until recently. <laughs> yeah. And then it just became like too much. And you're yeah. like... All right, the, it's like an SNL skit that's gone on far too long. Yeah. Like, you know those moments where you're like, all right, the joke has yeah. passed, and yeah. now we're just drawing it out. And we're still drawing it out. You can just feel them like, how do we get out of this? <laughs> yeah. And there is a part of me, too, that I, I I somewhat think that that's what Bernie was doing. I, I think that he was a little more serious about his candidacy than Trump was. Yeah. But he was still doing it as a protest, for the most part, being yeah. like, I'm a political outsider, technically. But even though I've been in Washington for, you know, 20-something years at this point, like, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, go very much against the grain. Like, I'm not going to have any, uh, I'm not going to have any super PACs giving me money. I'm not going to have any yeah. outside interests telling me what to do. I'm basically going to be here on my own. Yeah. And I, I think those were his intentions, being like, I just want to get my foot in the door. Like, I just want to show everyone that, it doesn't just have to be this way. Yeah. And now he's winning and winning and winning. And I don't feel like he has the, oh shit, that Donald Trump is having, where he's like, I, I might I think actually it's, win this. I think it's an equal and opposite, oh shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of like, oh my God. Like, cause yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he, he is a protest candidate in the sense that like he represents ideas that are not politically centered or like politically um, establishment. And uh, he, yeah, his candidacy was basically like, listen, if you agree that this is really messed up and needs to change radically, like, come with me. And a whole bunch of people went with him, which is, yeah, basically the same thing. I, I would really, it's almost like I just want to jump a year in the future, just a year, and then be able to come back with that knowledge yeah. and be like, okay, <laughs> all right, it's going to be, yeah. everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Because like, oh, or just like knowing that like Hillary won. And Bernie's the Secretary of Commerce or something. Like, he's he's right, got right, some right. position on the cabinet being like, all right, good is going to happen. Yeah. Because um, he's not going to be vice president. That's just not going to happen. Be the smartest thing Hillary could possibly do. So, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just not going to happen from a, I can't have my number two guy going against me and or saying something that... Yeah that doesn't toe the party line necessarily like you need to you need to and and that's barack obama did the same thing like he didn't hillary was number two in the president race in 2004 he wasn't like all right hillary now i'm gonna pull in the women democrats i'm gonna pull in all of your support yeah like he didn't do that which was smart because you can't have the person that's after your job in the number two spot (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know what i mean yeah like you have to have them in another position somewhere over here but not right next to you. Yeah, can't act like your friends now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I just want to know that, like, I just want to know it's going to be okay, John. I just want to <laughs> know it's going to be okay. You know, there is a chance that it'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As much as I'm willing to go on record as saying. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll continue this conversation with John Cumulata next week. In the meantime, you can email us at morethanwecanchew at gmail.com. 
you can also tweet us at more than we can ch, which is more than we can chew without the ew. You can find me on Twitter at oh Mike Mitchell. You can find Matt Kenny at the Matt Kenny, and you can also find John Cumulata tweeting very funny things at John Cumulata. He also writes for Upworthy, so go over there and read one of his articles. Please like the show on our SoundCloud account or follow us there. And, you know, share it around whatever social media site that you go to. Fa- Facebooks, tweeters, Snoops chats. Snoops chats? I really like the sound of that a lot. Like, like it's an app on your phone that just sends GIFs and JPEGs of Snoop Dogs with little captions and emojis to people. Oh, my God. I have to I have to go now I have to go learn how to code and make apps so I can make that app because who doesn't love that all right so I'm gonna go do that but thanks for listening bye